great to be with you. My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is my honor to be looking at such a beautiful group of people, handsome, studly, dynamic, and what a great morning. Tell you what, it was crisp and cool this morning. It's going to be like shorts and t-shirts probably this afternoon, and it's one of the wonderful gifts of living here. Hey, I am so honored to be able to conclude our series fresh. Um, It's been a great study of Colossians. Um, We're going to release the entire series audio here in the next week or so. So if you missed a week, just be on the lookout. We put together a reading plan. So if you want to just come back to it and do some personal study um, in the new year, we'll be able to help you walk through Scripture and be encouraged. But I would just tell you, this book has been so refreshing to me personally. But here's what I want to do. I'm going to let you in on something. Here at the Vineyard, we talk about experiencing the transforming love of Jesus. Sounds great. It's terrifying a little bit, if we're honest, because what it means is you're allowing the love and power of the Creator God to have access to your life. So this last week, I realized that I was tired. Anybody relate to, anybody ever been tired? Good. Okay, so here's what's been different for me in the last week. I knew I was tired. I knew I was tired. But what I finally acknowledged is that for a long time, I've been underestimating how tired I actually am. And what I feel like God's been showing me is if I underestimate, there it is, how tired I am, you might underestimate how tired you are. And here is the great news about today's message. It is all about fresh growth, right? How many of you love the word growth? It's like you have a growth on your neck, right? No, uh, you didn't see that one coming. I didn't either. I just thought of that. No, growth is wonderful unless you're tired. Because I'll tell you what, there have been times in my life I've been stretched or challenged to go beyond where I was, and the time I least wanted to do it was the time I was most exhausted. Most exhausted. And as I've been praying and thinking about this message, I know that that God has inspired this series as Alan and I prepared and we thought in advance and what the Holy Spirit might be doing in our midst this year and thinking about this, is I just think this is a day that I want to call our entire community to fresh growth. But if you are as tired as I am, you will think I do not have the energy for that. I don't have the energy for it. And that's kind of how I felt up until a couple days ago. Up until a couple days ago, I just, just burned kind of to the last bit of the wick and just tired, just tired. And, and over the last couple of days, I just felt the Lord meet me through prayer, through worship, through being encouraged in Scripture, through spending time with friends. Like, I have experienced God meeting me in meaningful ways. So here's what I do. Before, before we read Scripture today, before I preach the message, if you're here and you are tired, And the idea of growth is like not number one on your priority list. I want to pray that you'll be refreshed before we go any further. So if that makes sense to you, you can just take a posture of just opening your hands, open your heart, your mind, whatever makes sense for you. But I'm just going to pray that you will feel the refreshing presence of God like I've felt over the last couple days. Is that all right? Okay. So Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of each person here today. God, as we've worshipped, just as Alan, I just... As Alan prayed at the transition, my heart was just, yes, 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 worship, yes, communion. 
Yes, your word. Yes, community and relationship. And yes, coffee and bagels. And yes, sunshine and cool air. And we just say today, God, where there are tired hearts and there are tired minds and there is fatigue from striving and effort and just spinning wheels, I pray that you would come by your spirit and pour out refreshment for those who need it today. This whole idea of fresh growth sounds great, but maybe we just need to be refreshed first and reminded that your love for us is not because we're growing, but it meets us when we're exhausted and we're worn out. And so just fill us up today. Fill us up today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, it's so good to be with you. What I want to do is I'm just going to walk us through some of Colossians 1. It's where we started the series, and it's where we want to finish as we talk about fresh growth. And so as we read Scripture, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to actually model for us how we can read Scripture on our own time, how we can experience the voice of God speaking to us through His Word, and we can be encouraged to take next steps towards Him. Would you all be okay with that this morning? That's what we're doing, so get on board. Okay, here we go. Colossians 1, starting in verse 3. If you want, you can bring out your Bible. We are, uh, follow along on the YouVersion Bible app. You can go to Extras in the Events live section. But this is what it says in the New Living Translation. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And you can just hear fresh growth, fresh growth, fresh growth throughout that whole text. You can hear it. And my hope today is that as we receive God's word and, and just it's active and alive and it's meeting us right where we are, that you will see that you can grow in the good news, that we would grow in the good news. That's one of the things that just jumped out to me when I was reading and preparing, is that we would be those who grow in good news. How many of you like good news? <coughs> okay, about half the crowd. Come on. Everybody loves good news, right? If you, how many of you are good news first, bad news second people? How many of you are bad news first, good news second? Yeah, you're like, come on, you got to finish on a high note, right? The kingdom of God is good news first, good news second, good news third, good news fourth. It is good news. It's good news. That the fruit of our lives would be good news. That's the encouragement. That's, the, that's actually what they're celebrating, is that these are new believers. This is the church in Colossae that, that he's writing to believers saying, look, there is good fruit and the good news is going out all over the world, and it's changing lives everywhere it goes. That the good news changes us from the inside out. 
You know how you can tell what kind of tree a fruit tree is? By its fruit, right? How do you know the difference between an orange tree and an apple tree? One has oranges and the other has? See, it's just brilliant. I'm telling you. So what kind of fruit does your life have? What is the fruit of your life? See, I think there's such a simplicity here that we often overlook because we are just busy and we're going and we're covered over and we're, we're kind of like got all these things in front of us that we just, we sometimes miss the simplicity of, God, would you fill my life with good news so that the fruit of my life is good news and that I would regularly grow in the good news of Jesus, that I would grow in the good news of Jesus. Let me show you a picture real quick. This is what it looks like. How many of you think this is pretty? I do. Let's take this from our home. Yeah. But you can see, you can see that there is like fresh growth in this space, right? There's like things sprouting and there's leaves and it's alive. It's, it's good, right? In some ways, when we think about fresh growth, we think this is the expectation. Now let me show you something different. How about this one? Man. Who, who wants to sign up to be this one right here? This is actually a real, this is a real tree. This is a real tree. See, sometimes what we think is that if this is what my life looks like, that I'm missing out because this is what it really should look like. You'll see the comparison and the contrast, right? A little bit different. We talk about fresh growth. Everybody feels like, oh, I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be the good Christian. I'm supposed to, you know, look like just, like Jesus is just like leaping out of my body at everybody that I talk to. But if I'm honest, most of us probably feel like this. Like we're just lucky to be sprouting a few little like twigs. <laughs> but let me tell you, see, this is really powerful because I'll tell you what, in about three days, that will all be dead. Because it's disconnected from the thing that gives it life. It was beautiful for us for a little bit, but it will die. It's in the process of dying because it's disconnected from its life source. This this, if we do a good job taking care of it and watering it and plant it in good soil and put it in its pot and take care of it for a year, it'll start to show more growth and it'll take root and it'll grow because it is still connected to its heart life source, its root system. See, fresh growth is about this part here. It's the internal soil of our life so that we go from this to this. There are some really pretty little bitty leaves starting to already grow on this one. This is a tree as well. But as my good friend told me yesterday, we just want to have like a 25-foot tree from day one. But to have a two-and-a-half-inch tree, man, that's just kind of like, is that good enough? And in the kingdom of God, this is always, always good enough. This is always good enough because the fruit is connected to the source, and it's out of the good news that our lives will bear fruit. We have to grow in good news so that our life looks like good news, so that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the trial, we're connected to the good news. I mean, imagine if every day you lived your life and you were just like, man, my life is good news. It's good news. So when you see somebody at work and they go, how's it going? You go, actually, it's going pretty good. I've got good news for you. I mean, you'll be like the most popular person at work. You might get annoying at some point, but if you start sharing, I'm just kidding. Y'all, I'm just making sure you're listening this morning. No, but we should grow in the good news over and over and over again. The same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives over and over and over again. 
Jesus is good news. Jesus offers good news, and we must live more fully and grow more holy in the good news of the kingdom. It's like this. We have to, see, we have to kind of live a life to this song. Don't stop growing. Hold on to the good news, people. Transforming, oh, 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 yeah. Here's the good news, Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That is the good news of the kingdom of God, that there is a real God who is on mission to release and bring freedom and hope, and we stand, we stand as the messengers of that king. We must grow in the good news and start declaring what is true and what is real about the kingdom of God and that it is a kingdom that will not waver and will not end and it will bring light into all the places. Are you growing in the good news? If the primary influence on your life is social media or media outlets, it will be hard to grow in the good news today. You will hear fear and you will hear insecurity, and you will hear all the concern, we have to begin to let something else begin to sow good news deeper into our hearts, and if you're like me, into your mind. Because I can just run, I can run with things I was never intended to run with. You have been called by the Creator God to fall in love with Him because He loves you and to grow in good news. And here's a simple way to think of it. The good news of the kingdom is not simply good news that gets you into heaven. The good news of the kingdom is that there is a powerful, loving God who wants to put heaven into you. It's not an escape eject button. It is bringing heaven and sowing it deeper into the soil of your heart and into your mind. The good news is that heaven wants to be put inside you by the living God that we would grow in the good news. If we're going to grow in good news, it's got to be rooted in a soil of love, and so we're going to grow in love. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. And I'm just going to tell you, this is the only way we can do it. Because there are people by my nature that I will not love. They're hard to love. They're not as lovable as I would like them to be by my own strength and my own judgment. Let's just be real for a second. But God calls us to live a different way, and he says, look, I am calling you for fresh growth in the way you love and in who you love, and I'm calling you to a Holy Spirit-inspired love for all people. For all people. See, faith, he says this, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. It orients us to the source of our love. That our faith in Christ Jesus is this stuff down here, the roots, the soil, the food for our life, and it's out of that faith in Christ Jesus that love then flows. See, love invites us into relationship with Jesus, and then love allows us to extend that to everybody else. 
the Holy Spirit given love for others. So here's a transformation tip that I thought of this week in preparing. I thought about the text that perfect love casts out or conquers fear. What keeps you from loving somebody? Fear. It's fear. What is this going to look like on me? Or, or does this, what does this say about like, what I think about their life or who they are or this or that or whatever? And fear builds walls and, and fear like comes in and it, it makes you look at people from, an, from really the perspective of the kingdom of darkness. Oh, it's those people and they're so this and they're so that and it just creates all this judgment. But the kingdom of God is, is one that drives love stronger than fear. And it just convicts my own heart. And so this week, this week, I mean, just begin to say, God, wherever there is fear in my life, would you just begin to highlight that and then just cover it with your love? Cover it with your love and cover it with your love. To just practice some transparency, for the last year and a half, I have been become aware that I have struggled with fear more than probably ever in my life. I'm a pretty calm person by my nature, you know, pretty collected. But I've just become so aware that fear has just been every corner that I've turned. And I just go, you know, that's enough. So I want to grow in love. I don't want to grow in fear. <laughs> Sounds like a really scary life. <laughs> no, I want to grow in love. John 13, 35 says, By this they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We as a community have been called to love and to experience the love of the one who has it all held in tension so that we don't have to bear that load. As we grow in love, we've got to grow in grace. Just continue to walk through Colossians 1. It says, it is bearing fruit. This is the good news, is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Fruit everywhere, everywhere. It's fruit in the workplace. This is fruit at the gym. This is fruit at the supermarket, at the coffee shop, at your kids' sporting events. Fruit everywhere. Lives changed everywhere. If this is the only, sh only spot, if this is the only shot we get for changed lives, think about all the hours in the week and all the places that miss out. But if we take the good news from here and we disperse all over the city and the cities from which we go, fruit everywhere. That's the kingdom. And we've got to grow in grace. It says, understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Can I dare say maybe amazing grace? There's a few smiles. Wonderful grace, amazing grace, grace beyond my, my like mental capacity, grace beyond what I would naturally offer. This is grace sufficient for God to meet every single person on their journey. And we stand sometimes as the first introduction, as the first line saying, man, let me tell you about God's grace for you. Remember there was a book that I read at one point um, by Brennan Manning. It was called The Ragamuffin Gospel. That book is just saturated with the grace of God. Just saturated with it. And I just go, God, would you put more grace in my heart? Would you make me a more gracious person? And oftentimes, it's with the people closest to me I need more grace. You know the people you spend almost every day with, you live in close proximity to? 
See, that's where we need grace sometimes. At least for me, I need it most with the people that I love the most and am often the shortest with or on edge with. Tracking with me? See, this is about our life bearing fruit and our life being transformed. I think here grace is God's choice. It's his choice to relate to me, not in what I deserve, but compelled by something so much bigger than that. It declares an amazing truth about his affection for you and for me. The affection of God is great for you. The affection of God's heart is gracious. If we lived every day fully understanding the truth of God's wonderful grace for our lives, imagine what that means for the people around us. Imagine what that means for community. That we would not be a community marked by judgment or by guilt or by shame, but we would be a community that declares the truth that God came to save, that Jesus comes to rescue, and we stand declaring an ancient truth with a future glory that is full of grace and truth, that we would grow in grace, grow in the good news, grow in love, and grow in grace. Here's what I'm learning. The only way, the only way that I've found that this is actually possible is if we will grow in Christ. That we would actually grow in our relationship with Jesus. This is not figuring out how to live your life so <clears throat> rule-driven that you disconnect from the source and have like a flash of glory that just withers into brown like trash. Because eventually these will get thrown in the trash. Because they've disconnected, right? There's no source. There's no longevity. There's no sustaining power and presence of God here. The soil is gone. The plant is gone. The roots are gone. But that we would commit our lives to realizing I don't have what it takes on my own strength and my own power. I run out of juice. I run out of fuel. I run out of stamina. I just get to my end, and I just acknowledge in front of a room of a lot of people, I'm tired. That we would grow in relationship with Christ and say, your power, not mine. Your grace, not mine. Your love, not mine. Your kingdom, not mine. See, in Colossians, it says this. You must continue to believe this truth about Christ and the good news and stand firmly in it. Stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. It's Colossians 1, 23. But just before that, it says, this includes you who were once far away from God. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. 
As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Continue in it. Continue in it. If you're here today and you have never begun a relationship with Jesus, he is calling you into his own presence in relationship, saying it's not meant to be by your own strength or by your own effort. The best you have to offer or by your worst, it is me calling you into relationship, saying I love you. Come, stand, holy, pure, blameless, and continue in this for the rest of your life. As we were worshiping, I was thinking about some of you that might be here today. And if we had a chance to talk, you would probably tell me, you know what, I've had faith. I have faith in God. Really, I've, I've, I've had faith in Jesus for quite some time. But you've drifted. You've drifted. Like life's been busy. There's been, there's been things that have demanded your attention. And just be invited back again. Continue. Don't give up. Don't let go of the assurance that the good news has set deep in your heart. Begin to churn that soil again. And if this is what it looks like, man, we are ready to walk with you. This is to be celebrated. Because there are things that have been set in the soil, and maybe, maybe they haven't been watered for a while. Begin to let the love of Christ water the soil of your heart. And here's what I was thinking. You know, this is what I know. I've lived in Texas my whole life. Anybody else lived in Texas your whole life? Man, you are just so blessed. Golly. That is a good thing. Texas is a very churched culture. I've grown up in church my whole life. And I've struggled with this performance approach to Christ, this perfection approach to Christ, where it's like, I've got to do, and I've got to read my Bible, and I've got to pray, and I've got to do all these things. And, and that is, the disciplines are to be desired. But they are all intended to put us in relationship with the living God. But here's what I know about this, this plant. This is, a, this is a real tree. The life that this tree is intended to live is if I can water it, if I can fertilize it, if I can give it the attention that it needs, and all it has to do is receive the good stuff I'm going to put on it. That is us with Jesus. Will we just humble ourselves enough and check pride at the door enough to just go, God, you know what? I've been trying really hard. I want to receive from you. Will you water my heart? Will you pour into my mind? Will you set the good news at the core of who I am that I will bear fruit that is to your glory and for your fame for my good and for the good of others. Could we grow in Christ that way by just posturing our lives before him and saying, you know what, I, I will do my best, but I need you to pour into me first. And I'll just tell you, if that is new news for you today, and that sounds good, and that sounds like a life you want to live, I just believe it is the love of God saying, follow me, follow me, walk in relationship with me.